7.45, now drawing towards its close. Chaotic events had seemed to be offering promise, however faint as yet, that even the two cousins, battling wearily for the throne, must despair of force, and look round for another way of settling disputes. The rider made his way to the castle gates. Hugh came out from the armoury in the inner ward, his dark hair tangled by the funnelled wind through the archway, to draw the messenger within and hear his news. "'There's a small breeze rising,' said he, unloading the contents of his satchel upon the table in the anteroom of the gatehouse, "'that has my lord sniffing the air, and it has as much to do with what's happening in the east as with all this seeding of castles in the Thames Valley. Ever since Edessa fell to the Paynims of Mosul last year at Christmas, all Christendom has been uneasy about the kingdom of Jerusalem. They're beginning to talk of a new crusade.' And there are lords on either side, here at home, who are none too happy about things done, and might welcome the cross as sanctuary for their souls. You'll not tell me Robert Beaumont is thinking of taking the cross. There are some powerful sermons coming out of Clairvaux, I'm told, that will be hard to resist. No, said the young man, briefly grinning. My lord's concerns are all here at home. But this same unease for Christendom is making the bishops turn their thoughts to enforcing some order here, before they make off to settle the affairs of Outremer. They're talking of one more attempt to bring king and empress together to talk sense, and find a means of breaking out of this deadlock. You'll have heard that the Earl of Chester has sought and got a meeting with King Stephen, and pledged his allegiance. And you know all that business of Farringdon and Cricklade and Philip Fitzrobert coming over to Stephen— in despite of father and empress and all, and with a strong castle in either hand. That, said Hugh, I shall never understand. He, of all people, Gloucester's own son. And Gloucester's been the empress's prop and stay, as good as single-handed throughout. And now his son turns against him and joins the king. And no half-measures, either. By all accounts, he's fighting for Stephen as fiercely as he ever fought for Maud. So they say. The king is thus the fatter by two new allies and a very respectable handful of castles. And I'd have said in no mood to make any concessions, even for the bishops, observed Hugh shrewdly. I doubted they'll ever get him to the council table. Never underestimate Bishop Roger de Clinton, said Leicester Squire and grinned. He is offered Coventry as the meeting place, and Stephen has as good as agreed to come and listen. They're issuing safe conducts already on both sides. My lord wants your voice there, speaking for your shire. Let him send me word of the day, said Hugh heartily, and I'll be there. Good, I'll tell him so. And for the rest, you'll know already that it was only the handful of captains, with Brian de Soulis at their head, who sold out Farringdon to the king and made prisoner all the knights of the garrison who refused to change sides. The king handed them out like prizes to some of his own followers to profit by their ransom. My lord has got hold from somewhere of a list of those doled out, those among them who have been offered for ransom, and those already bought free. Here he sends you a copy, in case any names among them concern you closely. Hugh did not break the seal of Robert Beaumont's letter until the courier had departed. He began to read the brief summary within, and the list of resounding names. The sudden and violent breach between Robert, Earl of Gloucester, the Empress Maud's half-brother and loyal champion, and his younger son, Philip Fitzrobert, in the heat of midsummer, had startled the whole of England. 
In the Thames Valley, Philip, the Empress's castellan of Cricklade, had been plagued by raids by the King's men garrisoned in Oxford and Malmesbury, and to ease the load had begged his father to choose a site for another castle, to try and disrupt communications between the two royal strongholds. And Earl Robert had duly selected his site at Farringdon, built his castle, and garrisoned it. But as soon as the king heard of it, he came with a strong army and laid siege to the place. Philip in Cricklade had sent plea after plea to his father to send reinforcements at all costs, but Gloucester had sent no aid. And suddenly it was the talk of the south that the castellan of Farringdon, Brian de Soulis, and his closest aides within the castle, had made secret compact with the besiegers, let in the king's men by night, and delivered over Farringdon to them. Those who accepted the fiat joined Stephen's forces, as most of the ranks did, seeing their leaders had committed them. Those who held true to the...